Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. Great to have your company. And for all the latest news regarding our podcast, check us out <laughs> on Facebook and give us a like at NYR Podcast. Pi says, says that Facebook is a fucking hotbed of misinformation oh, and horrendous things. Yeah. Find a really safe space. We are giving Where out- you can go to the news that you can trust through Not Yet Rated's Facebook page. That's how it should be. Yeah. You know, fake news is all out there. But trust us, we are not. Trust us. Listen to us. Listen to us. Fucking trustworthy. I know. We post things all the time, so check it out. But on this week's episode, it was Pi's choice to choose a film, wasn't it? Yeah, and I went Meg Ryan. You went Meg Ryan. I went Hanks. You went Hanks and Meg Ryan. And I went Efron. Duo. Yeah, it is really. Yeah. 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 I know. Pretty. Pretty interesting. Three films together, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they had um, Joe versus the Volcano <laughs> back in 1990. An awful, don't need to awful that. film. That no, everybody universally agreed that it was a giant pile of shit. Yep, totally agree. And then you had Sleepless in Seattle, which is our chosen film, or your chosen film, which is yep, by yep. Nora Ephron, the 1993 film. Yep. And they collaborated again with Nora Ephron in 1998 with a You've film called mail? You've Got Mail. Oh, that's oh, not good. It's not because good it's either. essentially Sleepless in Seattle, just... Just a bit shitter. Just a bit shitter, yeah. yeah. I think the the writing in Sleepless in Seattle is much smarter yeah. than, than that. It's and a punchy little film. It is a punchy film, it. and it's definitely a positive of mine, the screenplay, that's for sure. But we will we will get right well, into it, I reckon. I, I went to watch this last night, and it turns out that it was $5 to rent, or it was $5 to buy with all the extras. Oh, my God. I now own a copy of it. Well, Which yeah. my wife was like, yay! Oh, I was, was going like, to say, Ooh. what an ultimate chick flick, really. It's, yeah, and look, you can tell that I'm getting older because my jaded cynicism sort of melted away a bit at some of the little mm. chintzy moments and we can sort of get into some of that because I, I didn't have a bad time. Even though I am going to bring some fucking salt to this film mm. to cut through some of the sugar. Are you? Okay, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Very, very curious because uh, I, I have mostly positives with this. Jeez, how about the how about that opening sequence? Oh, uh, I actually enjoyed the opening shot of the film with the cemetery. The cemetery because you got yeah, the cemetery. It's, nice. it's really really well done. You've got Tom Hanks and you've got the young boy. So Sam Baldwin is the Tom Hanks character, and he's got a young boy. His name's Jonah. He's eight years old. They've just lost well his wife. Yeah, um, to cancer. To cancer. Yeah, and uh, it starts off with this little bit really of a, deftly handed. Yeah, I handle, agree. Like that. Fucking really heavy subject matter. Yeah, very it's heavy so... straight away, like right into the thick of it. Yeah, but it actually handles that entire situation really well. It does. Because it gives his character a sort of detachment and mm. a depth that you don't normally get from yeah. that sort of thing. So he gets to play that sort of detached card mm. really well. And as that egg starts to crack, so to speak, his character evolves through it. I think it's really well done. I and think so. That brings us, I mean, we're jumping ahead a bit here, but the conversation with the ghost. Oh, absolutely. The you ghost, know, like, yeah. so well handled. It's very, very well handled. And the thing that's really clever about that is that there's not too much of that ghost figure no, in the once. film. So it only happens once in the scene where... There's a it's flashback a, and yeah. then it's once. It's on New Year's Eve and he's just sitting there and he's having a quiet beer as he's laying on the couch. And then, yeah, Maggie, the wife, just comes out of nowhere. blue! But at least it's not... <laughs> exactly. But at least it's not consistent. And that's what I like about that. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to overkill those, the ghost Yeah, thing. but that's one of the things that I think is really well done in it, that, it, you know, you get to see the 
emotional impact on him and his son and his son does that crushing thing in the film where he's like I'm starting to forget her and you're yeah. like oh no no we don't want that we don't want that Dude. exactly right I know that exactly but um, yeah going back to that opening yeah, shot for a start. moment <laughs> oh, no. so we have let's jumped ahead a little bit yeah, yeah exactly But so anyway um, during the credits yeah during the credits but even that shot I love that shot still because it does take a little bit of time to really introduce it because the camera kind of tracks back a little bit and then you just see this just the, the shot of the Windy City in the background yeah. you know really establishes the setting quite well he's it's, from Chicago it's actually very reminiscent to the first establishing shot of Predator 2 oh god don't where it zooms and then it pans up and it goes from a jungle to a city don't make those comparisons to that film will you? Yeah, well I'm just saying she <laughs> might have seen it and just okay, thought, might have. that's a really nice cinematic device might have been very influenced by it that it wasn't Alan Silvestri doing the music so no it was not the, I'm just saying there might, be, there might be crossover between Predator 2 speaking of music um, one of the things that I noticed consistently oh, in this film soundtrack. is the banging soundtrack it's such a jazzy kind of feel God, isn't it so many different tunes on it too. so many so many and it starts with you know there's a, a rendition of you know as time goes by which is absolutely most remember this oh, it sound, no but it sounds like Muttley singing it yeah <laughs> exactly and also I like the the little sort of ode to the soundtrack that it has to the the key moments of the film because if you really listen to the lyrics at particular moments in the film it matches the story really well yeah here. it's really considered it's very very well done and I like how it does begin with as time goes by it's yeah it's a different rendition to obviously the classic Casablanca version of it but yeah. at least there's that little bit of a minor reference that actually happens at that moment where yeah. the, the ghost is where they're talking a little bit about you know oh he's looking at you kid you know the classic line from the film and and those sorts of things and well, I, it, I like it that plays on its tropes in a way it does. that doesn't offend you no it doesn't and yeah. see like you know when they talk about particular old movies where they're talking about Cary Grant and, yeah but the you know and it foreshadows things so Cary mm. Grant comes in you know the Empire State Building yeah. comes in really early yeah and it also foreshadows things like when you meet Meg Ryan's character mm. she's peeling an apple yes. in the kitchen and she peels it in mm. one long huge peel which later on is referenced by Tom and Hanks. I was actually going to mention that example as well because it goes back to the efficacy of how incredibly well written this script is yeah it's very very well done it's definitely a positive of mine but yeah going back to, to Sam so he's obviously really distraught about his wife dying yeah, um, from the cancer up. so he does make the the decision to to leave Chicago leave his job and he decides to head over to Seattle yeah. completely on the other side Rose of Crane. the US yeah I oh, know that's right I did notice him in the in the With film David Hyde Pierce and David yeah. Hyde Pierce and there's a, a few interesting uh, actors in this film that's for sure I yeah, mean it's a it's a hell of an ensemble it is an interesting ensemble you've got Rosie O'Donnell who I noticed in is the film great she is really good in it she plays like the best friend of Meg Ryan's well, she character she plays a really good straight person yeah she does like she plays the deadpan delivery yeah you know, real really well. well real well I I totally agree you've got Rob Reiner yeah Rob Reiner now I want to talk about Rob Reiner here for <laughs> so a minute good. it's so good it's actually very clever casting here with Rob Reiner because I, I just want to give a little bit of trivia here oh so Nora Epfen obviously she wrote um, When Harry Met Sally she and did. that was directed by Rob Reiner and isn't that interesting that Rob Reiner and he is a, an actor as well as a director yeah. um, that he decided to be an actor in this film with her directing I just think that's really cool it's a little sort of interesting thing I like well I, I mean it was obviously a really good working relationship because when Harry Met Sally you know that did gangbusters yeah absolutely you know, that's a great film it's a great 
great film. It's really, really entertaining. And uh, I mean, as this film is too, I, I, found, I find it really entertaining. Which but, brings us to another cast member, which you talk about as soon as you're introduced. So Hanks makes a decision to move and yes. you don't see him. And then you're introduced to Meg Ryan's character. That's right. And this is 18 months after Duh. she had died. Yeah. So yeah. 18 months later, you are introduced <laughs> to the character of Walter. Yeah. And Walter. Played. Bill motherfucking Pullman. <laughs> he has, oh, his performance. That guy is so good in this film. He's so good, but he has everything wrong with him. Yeah, but he plays it so well. He does play it well. Like he's got like, a, he's allergic to like everything. Yeah. You know, like, like where he's talking to the family, he's like, yeah, I'm allergic to that. And if this touches me, head yeah, blows up. Absolutely. His eccentricities and his little quirks as that character are so good. It's a he really enjoyable. fucking acted his yeah. ass off for this and redeems himself given the situation he ends up in. I know. The poor guy, you, you actually do feel kind of sorry for him at the except end. But accept, no. yeah. You okay. do and you don't. Well, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we'll we talk get about to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was gonna, I was gonna add to that. But anyway, is this one of these moments where we're just like, how come the podcast is an hour and a half? <laughs> I know we're gonna the boys to... got stuck in sleepless in Seattle. We really did, but you know, we try and get stuck into everything, don't we? It's true. It's true. Yeah, it is true. We like the gravy. We do. And so after he decides to propose and they get engaged to Meg Ryan, you know, yeah. so they have this. You long... never see. You never see that scene either. No, which is great. No, they just it announce it at the family dinner. It's just implied, and I like that. They get into the car and, uh, well, she goes on her own. She's driving in the car. And her she mother just... in that scene is hilarious oh. where she's talking about rooting her dad. Oh, that too. Actually, you so reminded me. She goes up to have a look at grandmother's wedding dress like yes. everyone else is having drinks and stuff. And she's mm. like, oh, and I met your father. And it was just this instant moment of, and I knew we were going to be really great at fucking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, didn't say fucking in it, but you just wanted to add that in there, didn't you? Well, it's our podcast I mean, because- and you like to swear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also what she's going on about. She's like, oh, it was so good. I mean, granted, yeah. it took a little while, but ooh, then it was going like clockwork. Like her mum was going on about how good it was shagging yeah. her dad. And you God. actually reminded me that scene because there's actually a really interesting quote, which I actually quite enjoyed, is the fact of how they met. And uh, so this is Walter and Meg Ryan's character. So they met at this like bakery or something and they got this sandwich and then he ended up getting the wrong sandwich. But what was it funny was about it, bread. it was all it was, it was just different, different bread. bread. He had, you know, they had like lettuce and tomato or tomato, tomato, tomato. 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 I was going to go very wow. American there. Yeah. That's the most convincing accent you've done. Shout out to our American listeners. Yeah. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> and, but yeah, the fact that, you know, he had ended up having it on white and she ended up having it on whole wheat and those sorts of things. They had to so, switch it because he yeah. was allergic. Of I know. Course. I just enjoyed that. I thought that, <laughs> that little quote was quite enjoyable. Well, especially because then she hears her mother's story how she took his hand out of a taxi or something like that. And then they just fell deeply in love and they yep. just knew it was going to be it. And hers was like, you know, we sort of just swapped sandwiches. Yeah, pretty much. I enjoy. So she's kind of she's missing the gravitas of the connection in her relationship, and she doesn't know whether or not Bill Pullman's the guy. Yeah, exactly. Because and everybody says that he's a great guy, but she's not when he's filling up the humidifier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, making sure he's got all his allergens. Yeah, I know, and all this stuff that he has to do in order to survive. So good. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. But yeah, then she's driving uh, on her way home, and she realizes, or she turns on the radio, and she and she's listening to this young boy, and this young boy. Um, who is, of course, Jonah, calls up a radio station at age eight. Worried about his dad. Worried about his dad, and he wants him to get a future wife. 
That's the first he thing you're getting over it, but he's worried about his dad. What a great way to find a date. Go on a national radio yeah, show. Yeah, national live. Yeah, national live radio station right across America and say, hey, I'm single, everybody. Write me some letters. So then they drag Hanks onto the Sam, if we're going to yep, do the character. Yeah, we're going to do but Sam. They, yep. they drag Hanks onto the phone. Yes. And start asking him questions. And she's mimicking because she knows how disingenuous the phone psych, the radio psych is. Yeah, exactly. So they're doing little sync-ups between, uh-huh, sure you are. You know, so they've got like a shared sarcasm with the situation that they're in. But he gets real. He gets raw. He gets into it. He does get into it. He's like, man, it sucks. Yeah. And I'm surprised at first that he does get into it. But eventually he does. And yeah, and it turns out that all of these women right across America are just absolutely... Hanging for a bit of Hanks. Hanging for a bit of Hanks. Yeah, exactly. Good to see Rita Wilson in it. Oh, I know. I was going to mention about Rita Wilson because Rita Wilson, that's Tom Hanks' real wife in in real life. But in in the movie, he plays plays, uh, the sister. And she Victor is married Garber. to Victor Garber. And I, every time I see Victor Garber, I just think of Thomas Andrews from Titanic. You know? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's the that's the Victor Garber character. That's for you. the Victor Garber character for me. Oh, what have you got one for him? Yeah, Alias Man. Oh yeah, I forgot about Alias, the TV show. Yeah, shit, yeah. Oh my god, there's a blast. He from the was past. big and bad in that. He He'd just be wiping was. motherfuckers out left, right, and center. I forgot about him in that show. He just like come out of the shadows and stab a dude with a pen and he just really, walk away. Yeah, really he was did. cold as ice in that. Crack me up. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, don't there you go. Don't forget about Alias. Yeah, absolutely not. And then after Annie listens to the radio show and all of these sorts of things, she's sitting down with the Rosie O'Donnell character, isn't she? Yeah, and they're having a conversation. They're having a conversation. And what I find really interesting, and this is where the New York parts of it comes into place, and I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And also, it's really, like, for me, this is like an ode to some classic rom-coms of the 50s. This film really has that for me. It's it's got that entire sort of recipe and ingredient thing. And, you know, it's got locales that are as important to the characters. Mm. You know, you get to see... Tom Hanks' interaction with the water mm. um, is really significant because yep. he lives on a houseboat. Yeah, he does live on a houseboat. Yep, so you get right. to see him basically staring wistfully mm. into the water, like even on New Year's where there's fireworks going off. Like mm. you know, So that water becomes a really prevalent sort of theme. Yeah, it does. For him, where it's him with his loss, but also when he starts to get through it, he starts, you see him using the water as recreation. So when mm. she finally tracks him down, he takes the boy out on the boat, yep, go to and a beach they... somewhere and play football. Mm. So all of a sudden it's a different relationship. Yeah from being a shot at night. That's well thought out, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I know I'm sitting here with you. I've got to do my fucking... Yeah. I've got to do my work. So when he starts to come out of his shell and starts to recover and start thinking about dating, that's when you see the water in daytime. That's a good point. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, you know, that's one of those things. And the same way with her, like, her environment is actually her apartment. So the kitchen... It's the critical little house that she's got. Absolutely. And especially when, yeah, as you mentioned about the apple as well, is that moment where, you know, she's listening to the repeat of that uh, radio thing and she's got that there. She's a journalist. Yeah, exactly. She's a journalist. Yeah, that's right. And then that sort of moment where they're watching that iconic moment from An Affair to Remember, the classic 1957 film with Cary Grant, Deborah Kerr. Um, (laughs) And, you know, have you seen An Affair to Remember? I have many, many years ago. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's so sad, but. It's so poignant, but it's a brutal film. It is a brutal film, and you, the poor woman, she gets hit over by a cab. You yeah, know, it's like, like run over by a taxi. Yeah, and then there's your movie. Yeah, there's your movie, and then all of a sudden you like just that's your story so... content. And then she's torn and her twisted and and everything else with that. Like it's mm. all about her getting squished by a taxi. It really, really it's is rough. Yeah, it's real rough. And because of that, she decides Annie. That is, she decides to write a letter 
back to Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, because she's so taken with it. So taken to it and decides, all right, well, I'm going to be in New York on or my I can fiance. Fit I can fit it in at uh, the Empire State Building and I'll meet you there on the top of the building at uh, Valentine's Day. So... So she does the thing where she realises what she's doing is adolescent and stupid, and that's her conflict throughout the entire thing. Yeah, She it feels is. like, oh, shit, I can't be this, like, starry-eyed teen. And her performance is, like, this sort of quasi-foppish, crazy mess, like, discombobulated but sort of frantic kind of person. Yeah, and is- I, I don't know how to go with Meg Ryan's performance in this film. I'm sort of a <laughs> bit, a little bit up and down for me at times. Well, I, I don't. it doesn't matter what she's doing. Yeah. Her hair is pulling it <laughs> off yeah well it if does. you want to fucking have a look at hair that is the characterization of a particular scene because her hair, hair changes scene to scene to scene to scene to scene there's a bit where she's getting in the lift at work and it's in some sort of like insane bird's nest that some sort of like pigeon family would have a great time in yet then when she's sitting wistfully in a hotel bed it's absolutely straight as a die and pulled mm, back and you're like, because then it's emphasizing like her hair is actually acting more than she is <laughs> absolutely because she's not really that great i don't like her I that mean, much. She's okay in this. <laughs> yeah, she's but okay. Her hair fucking needs yeah. an Emmy. She does look really good at the end, though. Her hair needs an Emmy. <laughs> All right, well, let's give it to her. Eh? Yeah. Oh, man. we haven't seen her for a long time, though. Long yeah, time. Well, you know, let's you know. Yeah, that's a deep conversation. Look, that because is. you know she doesn't really look like Meg Ryan anymore. No, she doesn't. And that's conversations around the pressures that might have mm. been on her to mm. maintain that. You know, whether it's that sort of youthful image that she always had to do, whether mm. that's you know a societal thing, like you know whether it's the kind of thing with the culture and the people that she was surrounded by that became a norm. Mm. You know, like there's so much mm. that you could fucking unpack with people that just go in there and just ruin their face but you know it's not just related it's obviously heavily tilted towards women but it happens in men as well yeah totally just like you know there's so much pressure not to age Mm, it's true and you know and there's a lot of reasons why that may have happened yeah no for sure for meg ryan you know your hair was great in this film (laughs) i hope you're doing all right tom yeah (laughs) let's hope so Shout out to you if you're listening. Shout out to Meg, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully you are. We still love you. Send us a, get on our Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, get on our Facebook and send us an audience of choice. How about that? You can send us a request. Yeah, how about that? (laughs) You could, (laughs) anything except, yeah, Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, don't choose that one. Yeah, Yeah, it's not. You've you've got some other corkers. Don't don't send us that one. Not very good. Not very good. Thanks, Meg. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, I want to talk about Victoria. Now, Victoria, she is a girl that Sam goes out on a date with. So, zip forward, what's happening is that yes. Sam, after that, has gotten letters and letters and letters oh, from yes, all these people that want to do it. And then what's happening is that he's decided to get out there. There's a great scene That's right. with him and Ron Reiner in like a clam bar having a conversation around what it is to be a dating man in the 90s. That's like, right. I can't remember what it's like anymore. And he's like, I dated in 1979. Mm. And, you know, then his wife died and bam, now he is. So, he was like, and Rob's like, you get to split the check and then the women will tell you this, you know. So, it's this real funny little mm. interchange between them. I forgot about that. That's a great point. little scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. So then they're just like, who are you going to set me up with and all this sort of stuff? So then it turns out, and she worked with him or she works for a company that his companies work with. That's right, through so Architect. they're yeah. going to date. Yeah, they were going to date. And they have this uh, little date at this restaurant and that sort of thing. But it turns out that Annie is doing some investigative work. and She's got hired a, a PI. Hired a PI to go and take some photos. Once again, the cornerstone of any a long-term successful relationship is to hire, hire and invade the privacy of your prospective mate. She is so voyeuristic in this film. Oh, she doesn't fuck around. Like, she does not. Like, she gets on a fucking plane she over gets, to Seattle. Well, she gets on the phone from New York and hunts him down. Yeah. 
using her journalistic wiles, mm-hmm. then hires a PI, then gets on a plane. Yeah, to Seattle, even though she goes to her boss or friend, you know, Rosie, Rosie. and says, yeah. I oh, should look at this story. Yeah. And Wink. Yeah, exactly. Go over there and, and go from Baltimore over to over to uh, Seattle. But anyway, but Victoria, yeah, isn't she a funny one? You can. It's interesting because the young boy, Jonah, absolutely hates this yeah. woman. He's not shy about it. He ever. is not shy about it. He lets her know. He You're not lets my mom. Know. You're not my mom. You're not this. <laughs> she laughs like a hyena. She does. She does laugh like a hyena. They, that bit where they're overplaying it in the kitchen. So yeah. they go on a date and it's okay. It's okay, yeah. She's a bit like the Bill Pullman in the way that you know that there's nothing wrong with her as a person. Like they didn't pick someone that you'd be like, oh, mm. fuck that person. Yeah. Like Bill Pullman, you're like, there's some characteristics here, but he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, exactly. And the same way with her, she seems like a really cool lady. Mm. But at the same time, you'd be like, nah, not for me. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they did this really thing and it's a real sort of feather touch. You don't like, oh, fuck no. You're just like, oh, yeah, nah. You know what I mean? Like you don't get real strong emotions negatively about these people. No, You're just you like, don't. They're not a right. They're just fit not for the you. right fit. And and that's what I like about it because there's that really uh, nice moment which I I think it's quite quite good. So Victoria and um, Jonah and Sam they're at the airport and she's about to get on the plane. Yeah, you know I was going to bring this up. Yeah, I know. I just think it's 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 one of the sort of nice little moments in the film which I think is just so well done here is the fact that she's about to get on the plane and they're saying oh goodbye blah 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 and then she comes off that plane. And and just she's just randomly looking around, but there's that just wonderful sh- eyeline match to a degree of where Tom Hanks is just staring at. Yeah, he gets his Ryan. Wah. and he, yeah, he does. It's that. Wow, my God, she's so beautiful. Like she's like. Yeah, know, he gets perfect. his he gets his gong wrong yeah. as soon as she rocks out. See, this is it. Like people are just like, oh, it's such an amazing movie where they don't fuck it. They fucking meet all the time in this. They do. They and really do. The thing do. is that you get a look into both characters, and those characters, you know, there's a collision course, but it doesn't upset you. No, it's like watching fucking Titanic. You yeah. know what happens? Yeah. Guess what? You just want to know. It sinks. Yeah, it does. Sorry. Spoil alert, everybody. Yeah, shit. All right. <laughs> Meg, don't ask us to do Titanic. Oh. I just fucking buried the ending. But, <laughs> buried it. Drowned it. Drowned it. Yeah, with the iceberg right He could have fit on that door. Yeah. But it's that thing where it's like, yeah, okay, no, the characters don't have a direct interaction, but it's a yeah. massive collision course. Yeah, you, you know where it's partly going to. And he keeps well. seeing her and being like, whoa. Yeah, that's the thing with this. I mean, it's conventional where you know where it's going to be going, but they really only have like two minutes of screen presence together on yeah. in the film anyway. Which that's why it works so well. It, and, and that's why. And that's why it's probably sort of that slight little bit better for me in terms of something like Pretty Woman when we did that in yeah, the last yeah. season, just slightly. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get to that. Because um, that was the relationship between two characters coming together. This is yeah. a relationship of two characters on the path yes. to come together. Yeah. And the Relationship, obviously, like one of the things that I had to stop and look up last night because I was like, fucking Hanks plays a dad really good. So, uh, and that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. I think the relationship between both Sam and Jonah and the both actors, they work so well together. Yes. Both of them, they're excellent. And Absolutely excellent. Hanks intimated later that there was a Jonah number one mm. and he never said who it was mm-hmm. and said Jonah number one didn't work out. Yeah. So that's actually Jonah number two. That's exactly right. So yep. this is your Dick Clark, Dick Sargent for mm-hmm. any of the old people in the audience that knows <laughs> what that means. Yep. I dream of Jenny. And, <laughs> and so, but his interaction with that kid is so good. So mm. I had to stop and look up. So he had a 13-year-old yeah. and a three-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's what was happening at the same time because it was 93. 93. And when he had days off from shooting this. He was doing Philadelphia. No. 
Uh, what he was, was doing the voice for Toy Story One. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. So I did he read was that. morning father, single parent, and he and had to go and do the off. voice. He was a cowboy. He was Woody. <laughs> wow, that's right. Yeah, because he was pretty busy at that time. Yeah, he, he had yeah. Philadelphia. He would have been probably close to shooting Forrest Gump. And oh then, yeah, and then of course Toy Story, as you mentioned. Yeah, so busy man, Mr. Hanks. Oh well, no big surprise. Love you, Tom Hanks. Do you fuck it? Did you have you seen how much money his films? Oh, uh, look, shit he's loads. close to ninety billion dollars collectively much? from all of his films. From all of his films. All of his films. That's like I think it works out to be like the fourth highest earner in film history. Wow, I didn't. I don't not know, know who that. the top three are, but I had a look because I was like, this guy's got to have made some bank. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I mean, this film is because, incredibly successful. Well, also he's been acting for an age and a half, and he's done yeah. dramatic roles successfully. He's done comedic yeah. roles really successfully. Mm. He's done both. He's directed. He's produced. Yeah, he's done so much. And it's interesting, too, because this wasn't made in 93. It was just before he really started to get into more serious roles. Because, yeah. really, I mean, Philadelphia was really the, the oh. first of the serious yeah. roles. Well, you were just like, oh, that's yeah. not a Tom Hanks film. No, I know. Not at all. Because, you know, you think of Big and The Money Pit. Oh, God. <laughs> Shelley Long. Oh, my, re- my renovations yeah. aren't working out. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. I haven't seen that film in years. Yeah, quite rightly so. Yeah, quite rightly it's so. It's not good. It's not great. No, exactly. But yeah, so. Going back to the film. So, obviously, yeah, we've got. Hanks. Yeah, no, but we, we Shout do. Shout out to Hanks. Hanks. Look, yep. if Mr. Nice su- Guy. Drop us a suggestion on Facebook. Absolutely. Go right ahead. Just not Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> or might the Money not. Pit. No, exactly. But um, there's that moment where Annie does go over to Seattle and she does see Sam and they're out on the going fishing, that sort of thing. And Yeah, she she stalks them from yep, a distance. Them, which is really Real disturbing, classy. by the way. I actually found that really voyeuristic. Especially when she's right behind like a closed seafood shack. Yeah, exactly. Like peeking between like boards and the side of a window. That's, yeah. That's Groom Lake sort of shit. That's, it really is, yeah. That's but, Friday the 13th. But then there's an encounter where Annie sees uh, this woman go up to Hanks and Give, give him, him a like a hug. big hug, and because she's she like, "Never saw the face of the woman he was dating." Exactly, so she assumed it was the woman he was yep. dating from the restaurant. That's right. Where in reality, it's Tom Hanks's wife, but in the story, it's yeah, Tom it's Hanks's Tom Hanks's sister. sister. <laughs> That's right. Isn't that classic? That's some weird shit. Going I know. On. God, let's not have, unpack that. They had too much. to hire Rita Wilson for that, didn't Why they? Not? They really, really did. I she know. was great in that bit. Look, so the bit <laughs> they have dinner. So Victor Garber and Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are having dinner. And they're talking about it. And she brings up the film. Yes. Affair to Remember. She's yeah. talking about Affair to Remember. And she starts to tear up. Mm. And then there's a fantastic end sequence to that. Now, that. Uh, are you talking about the Dirty Dozen? Where Tom yeah, and, and Victor, Victor Garber. Garber start tearing yeah. up about the Dirty Dozen. I know. And just doing this back and forth. Yeah. Now, did you know that that scene was totally improvised? As well, it fucking should I have know. been. I know. It was genius. It was so clever. It was excellent. It, it was, was so, so good. So well done. I know. Good on him for that. That entire scene set, because her performance is so good. It's and so good. two guys. Juxtaposes really well. Perfect. That's nearly my favourite scene in the film. Yeah, it's pretty good. I love that moment where she starts to tear up about the film too. About That's an so affair good. To remember. Yeah, it's so when good. She's so well done. About it. Yeah, it's, it's probably one of the best pieces of Rita Wilson acting out there. Oh, there you from go. What I can think of. There you go, Rita. <laughs> there you go. You're out there, Rita. Yeah. Shout us out. Five with out your of five. Choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> right. Dino's giving you your props. I really, really am. But then um, there's that moment as well where Sam actually does recognise Annie from you know the plane, and you're like, oh, hello, I, re- I remember you, and that sort of brings us up to this part where Jonah, Jonah is really, he's really persistent about Annie, isn't yeah. he? 
So she sent a. Th- it was the one letter of the thousands that resonated with him. With him, yeah. Isn't and, that interesting? And his little um, girlfriend that he's with at the time. Yes. They hatch a plot. Now this plot is really, because really Annie, interesting because they sent a letter back to Annie without Hanks's knowledge. Yep. And so, so written by an eight-year-old too. Totally written by an eight-year-old, but it does that whole thing, meet at the Empire State Building, yeah. midnight kind of stuff. So, you know, that was the thing that they agreed to. Mm. So he said, like, I'll see you there. And then they tried to figure out how to get there. Yeah, exactly. Because there was no way, and it was that great scene where Tom Hanks is arguing with an eight-year-old. Mm. <laughs> because that finger is like, and I'm going to get laid. And it's gonna, and there's only like... There's six people that I've laid. Seven oh, minutes, seven now. Because <laughs> he's talking about in college. It was maybe six, maybe seven, seven. And then he comes in and he has an argument. What did you hear? Yeah. And then he's like, eight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. The It's just so authentic, their performance. Yes. So that's Such what's great about it. father and son thing so, going on. So great. And because he's got a little girlfriend and her, her parents have like a travel agency, agency or yeah. something they like that. They just book him a flight. They just book him a flight to New York. In first class. In first class and pretend as though he's 12 so that people won't interact with him and he can go on his own even though he's eight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's absolutely diabolical. Oh. Like, you know, and that's from an eight-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Savage children. So savage. I know. Unbelievable. Yep, it is. And <laughs> he, yeah, he just, he just, Runs away and he goes on a plane to New York and takes a taxi. He takes a taxi from JFK over the Queensboro Bridge into into New York. The Empire State Building. Listen to Dana Drummond's knowledge. Uh, He's going there in his mind right now. As I said, like I'm there. I am there right now. All my New York listeners out there, I am there with you right now. You wish. I wish. Instead of down in the fungin in Studio D. Studio D. Take me back. Take me back, please. But yeah, he goes. You just then, need it. You just need an eight-year-old to book you a ticket. Yeah, I oh, know. Somebody can And a COVID vaccine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's just craziness. Yep. Oh, just nuts. But yeah, then uh Sam realizes that Jonah's just gone missing. He's Where gone. is he? He's flown off to New York. Where is he? Even before that, they so Meg Ryan's character again goes and sees Walter. They have in New York because they've been have, missing each other for ages. For ages, so then now, Walter's back. Now, what is it about these romantic films and these a lot of films of the eighties and nineties? It's all about staying at the plaza. Have to stay there, don't you? I'm assuming they sponsored something big in Hollywood. <sighs> they would have had, had to. to be a deal. Right? Always the plaza. There's no other hotel in New York. Like, wasn't the plaza the one that they fucked up in Ghostbusters? You know, like, it was close to. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, it's yeah, always one close of those to ones. there. Yeah, it is. But what's interesting is that you know you've got all these films that all have you know the plaza hotel. You know, you walk through the foyer. When I was there, I, I tried to get in the foyer. They're like, no, nope, you're not allowed in there. I'm like, why not? And they're like, nah, it's too, it's too nice for you. <laughs> look, look I, I don't want you to get offended, but they've had a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I've got a voice for radio? Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I thought just, so. You, know, you were probably dressed as Seinfeld at the time as well, which wouldn't have done you any Yeah, actually, I probably would have been wearing my Seinfeld t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Um, they would have seen you coming and be like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, that's right. But, yeah, then they uh, – so Walter and Annie, they do have a dinner at the Rainbow Room, which is the uh, a wonderful restaurant at the top of uh, 30 yeah. Rock. Yeah, Rockefeller Plaza. And, um, yeah, so she's – With a 
basically very convenient view of the Empire State Building. And the thing where they're back together again when they meet for the first time, you can see the compatible where they do that little synchronized thing where, you know, like they did earlier on the bed where she's passing him stuff and Mm. they pass everything back. Like, and they work in sync and they work really well together. Yeah. And it happens again when they've seen it. And Bill Pullman does that thing where he's like, You were really absent for a while and Mm. I feel like you're coming back. Mm. And it's really nice. And you're like, She's about to break his gut. She's about to break his gut. Yeah. She's about to kick this guy in the dick and leave him in the gutter crying. I know. know. But he takes it so well. Well, he gets a bit of backbone. Mm, He does, yeah. So, you know, he drops the ring on her and it's an amazing ring. Oh, yeah. Like, aesthetically, his grandmother had, well, or his grandfather Mm. had banging taste. Like, aesthetically, that is a gorgeous ring. It's really nice. And she's like, oh, my God. And quite rightly so because it's amazing. Yeah. And then they go to have dinner and he... Gets a bit of a backbone. So mm. she tells him everything that's going on. And he's like, well, you know, that's a pretty low bar for me to try and set. So I think that's it. Yeah. You should go. Yeah. So he initiates the, you should rack off. Rack off, yeah. Because, you know, that's one of those things. And he does it in a way where he'll be like, I'll be all right. Mm. You know, and you can sort of see that there's a bit more of his own character in that. And I think that's really good. So I feel like while you feel sorry for him in the situation that's there, you don't pity him. No. And that to me is like the win. Because mm. as a character, yes, he's got a lot of flaws, mm. but he's a nice dude. Yeah, I know. He's really nice. Yeah. He's just a solid dude. He's yeah. got a good job yeah. and he looks after her and all the things that they've done together beforehand and they were going to get married. Mm, you know, they were. She'd said yes to it and they dated for ages and all that sort of stuff, but she just wanted the fairy tale. Yeah. And course. he was reality. Mm. And see, most of us get to look at it and be like, we end up with reality. And that's fine. Yeah. Because the fairy tale is just that, a fairy tale. And it's always in the movies. It's always that fairy tale element is always in the films. And I think that's one of the things that brings this one out where you're just like, it's okay. And once again, it goes back to the strength of that script. You know, it really, really, it's a great script. Really, really well thought out. And then she has to run all the way from 30 Rockefeller Plaza (laughs) all the way to West 34th Street to where the Empire State Building. And she just gets there yeah, so just on Hanks, closing time. Hanks has rocked up and found him oh, and that's hugged right. the shit out of him. They yeah. had a proper father-son reunion. And they get in the lift as it's closing. She runs in. The old guy lets her up because she sings him the sod story. And he's yeah. like, that's my wife's favorite film. Yeah, Up you go. <laughs> and so they do that whole miss each other thing again. But she finds his bag. Yeah. So mm. she's just having a little wistful quick look around. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, couldn't do that now. No. They'd be like, no, you're not going up there. No. You could jump or you're a terrorist. Yeah, that's right. They would no way they would do that. No. Maybe. I don't even think they would have done it in the nineties. Here's an experiment. Next time I get to New York, maybe I will try that. <laughs> I will say, Oh, have you seen an affair to remember? The guy and like, then they would probably say, Hang on, have you seen Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle? Seattle. <laughs> I yeah, know. Like, I haven't seen that one. Have you seen? Yeah, have you seen it? No, no, yeah, no yeah. exactly. But then, of course, they have that wonderful, nice little moment up on the top, and they realize, oh, hello, it's you again. Yeah, that's yeah. you know. The sound I mean, it's of, a cliche the sound of element. Angels dying. Yeah, yeah, it's a cliche. Do you conventional know what's real element. interesting with that is what's when that? she picks up the bag, that yep. focus gets real soft. Oh, yeah. It's like someone accidentally sneezed mm. and or Vaseline <laughs> on the lens. And on all it. of a sudden, there's a mystical quality. Ooh. Meg's there like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, it. no, Meg, no. Yeah. Didn't need to do that. No. Because, you know, it's very conventional in the in the terms of the scenes and the shots that it's taking. You know, there's very little. Extremely. 
is establishing his own track. Yeah, there's no real, you know, originality. Oh, look at his face. Yep. There's not. Nah. Yeah, because we know where it's going. But this, they just decided to go full, like, 1980s. Yeah. They could have just added some sparkles. Yeah, they could have. In post-production. Yeah, something like that. Like, they changed, obviously, the lens and stuff because she has this ethereal quality. Yeah. And then he comes out and they're just like, oh. Yeah. Whoa, fuck. And they grab, <laughs> exactly. They grab hands, they go in there, and it's like, oh, hello, nice to well, meet you. Well, he does that thing where he grabs it, <laughs> and, you know, the guy's like, <clears throat> I would like to get home to my family. Yeah. And Tom Hanks does that really nice thing where he's like, well, let's go. Mm. And he just takes her hand, and then they go into And then the they lift, go, and into she's the like, lift. nice to meet you, Sam. And yeah. he's like, nice to meet you, Annie. I know, exactly. And that kid has the biggest shit eating grin on his face, yep. like, I got it right. I got it right. He's going to lord that shit over them for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. And of course, it features this song, doesn't it? Ooh. I know. God, it's got a really interesting soundtrack. It has. Yeah. Like, this is featured in the closing credits of the film Clive Griffin and Celine oh. Dion. Yeah, hang on. While we're talking about it, okay. That stupid fucking dotty map thing that they use as a visual device to oh, show where people are traveling. Terrible. Sucks fucking ass. So bad. It's got these. Little dots. It's like so ninety fifties dots. But it's like a weird topographic map. Like just watch an Indy Jones film. Yeah, they know how to do it right. Just do the red line. The red line that goes from here but to you there. You don't have to do it on a weird sort of forty-five degree angle that shows like rocks, but shows state borders. But I'm sorry, you don't even need to do that at, at all. It's and not you know needed. That would have cut ten to fifteen minutes out of yeah. this film, which would have been great. But the trouble is, they get in the lift and the doors shut. Yeah, and now what they should have done, you know how like you know George Lucas was like I'm going to go back I'm going to fuck with Star Wars mm-hmm. right and he's like I'm going to add some like blues singing big lip lady in places sock puppets whatever yeah <laughs> like he added that sort of stuff but in this one what they need to do because the the Empire State Building did the love heart light thing yeah. when she was sitting across in the diner That's and they're right. like it's a sign I've got to go yeah yeah because she's all about signs in this you know rips the dress it's, it's a sign <laughs> superstitious as more superstitious than Cher Oh, in Moonstruck. In Moonstruck. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So then what it does is the the lift door shut and then it goes to this horrendous 3D render of the Empire State Building. So bad how it zooms all the way way out, out, doesn't it? Yeah, it spins and it's like someone showed them the earliest copy of 3D Max and they were just like, this is the best. I don't know why she put that in there. Oh, it's so bad. Just cut it out, dude. It's got to go. Yeah, It's so bad and it's so out of character with the rest of the film. It is, isn't it? It's jarring. It's such a shame because, I I mean, I did actually forget about that now that you brought that up. I couldn't. It burned itself into my car. Yeah. (laughs) It's just terrible. Through my retinas. It was a long trip. It was a long trip, especially that last part. Yeah, (laughs) that needed to go. The little dots, that needed to go. Yeah, yeah, like I think... See, I, I mentioned it last night when I was watching it where I said it is too long. Yeah, because it's, it's, but it's just like, over 100 minutes. It's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes too long. Mm. And then I was posed with a very excellent question. Where would you cut it? I'm like, that's the problem. Yeah, there's a few things that you really need to be condensed. I think if you were to cut it... 10 minutes max. Really? To get it down to about an hour and a half. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think that's probably about right. But now that you brought that up, I think that's an interesting point. I don't know what I would cut out. 
Yeah. Uh, now that I've thought about it, um, there'd be little. Th- it just have to be little things. It'd be here tons and there. of like ten second cuts. Like you don't like the you know where he's walking with Rob Reiner and they talk about how cute each other's asses that, are. Yeah, you could maybe you know, jump cut it a little bit more. Yeah, but or also those like they, it shows them walking down the street and then it goes to like there's a lot of skyline shots in this. Yeah, as Yeah, well. there's a few. So you could save you know yeah. literal minutes yeah. by cutting out some of the city stuff that's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, that's right. So is that one of your negatives of the film? A little bit because by the end I was tired. Mm. I was like just meet, get it over with. Yeah. The kids right. Cuz I do think the I mean the ending for me is the the weakness for me because yeah. only because of how conventional it is, but um really the the lead up towards it is is effective. Yeah, and, and that's what it was always going to be too. Exactly. Like I mean, if it didn't have the conventional payoff, yeah. you'd be like the fuck? I agree. But I think for me, the strengths are definitely the screenplay in terms of how clever and how original the dialogue is and the the way that these characters interact with one another, I think is really, really quite good. Yeah. I think that uh, Tom Hanks, he's just, he's wonderful in the film. He is. He's, he's really good. Meg Ryan is definitely uh, <laughs> not my favourite part of the film. I just don't think she's that great. Um, as an actress in general. I oh, just okay. don't find her that particularly engaging. Yeah. But when I was reading up um, about some of the people that they considered... Yeah, yeah. For I looked at that this. too. Did you look? Oh, my God. They wanted Julia Roberts. And then they wanted Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger. And, and Michelle Pfeiffer's. Yep, exactly. And all of these other much better actresses. <laughs> <laughs> and then Meg Ryan was like number 10 on the list. Well, I think I I agree with you in that her acting isn't amazing, but I think her characterization of this character is appropriate. So like she fits the character for this and she's got this kind of perk which is offset by this kind of wistful thing whenever she's thinking about these sort of potential things like Mm. you could imagine that okay let me change the ending for you Mm. so hanks walked out and she's standing on the railing and she's like i love you sam and then just jumped off the building you'd be like i can see that happening but even it goes back to that idea about what you said before about reality and like i like that aspect of it being reality but we know that it's not going to be like that because it's going to be very fairytale like because it goes back to you know about film studios making money and that sort of thing in this film was Hell of a profit, you know? Oh, did it? Oh, oh yeah. It would have made like, a huge bank. Yeah, 250-odd million dollars compared to a $23 million budget, you know? <laughs> like, huge, huge money. And, of course, it's very, very successful. One of the highest grossing films of the year, so. And uh, with that, in terms of ratings. Oh, um, shit, yeah, come on. Well, I am going to give it three and a half. I am going to give it three and a half also. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's really nice to have my crusty old shell cracked a little bit and mm. to actually sit there and thoroughly enjoy it, whereas... When I'd seen this in my 20s, I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, like it was like a foghorn in my head. I was going to stab myself, but I was, you know, watching the cabinet of Dr. Kittigati. You know, like, <laughs> I need some German art house. Yeah. Like, just wank. So, you know, it was really mm. nice to just sit back and see it for what it was. And yeah. I think that that's one of those ones for me that required maturity. Mm. Like, right, oh, there we go. Absolutely. So it was really cute. Yeah, it is a cute film. And, you know, I think with Pretty Woman, I ended up giving that a three, whereas this one gets that three and a half for yeah. me just because... I think of the the strength of the screenplay. Well, Pretty Woman had that fucking problem with the characterization because yeah. Richard Gere's character switched tone so yeah. often and it didn't make sense. Exactly. It did. You didn't. know, like and his character, like Julia Roberts' character in that was phenomenal because yeah. she was consistent. Yeah. And it showed her developing and changing and being blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. His characteristic though, he was dicking this in yeah. that movie. Like up and down and up and down. And this was really good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I might not find Meg Ryan that 
terrific in terms of her acting abilities, but mm. the screen presence is really there. Yeah. And that's what's really... We're well put. Really, well put. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I like about it. All right. All right. So, have a listen to this. Oh, hey. Good news. Oh, no. It's the... Audience. Choice. Oh, my God. I I can see a wheel. I am scared. There is a wheel right in front of us. I am puckered up, people. (laughs) And I'd like to say a big thank you to all those people that did send us some messages with some films and some choices. So I'm about to spin the wheel. It's just slowly spinning. It's slowly spinning at the moment. So I'm about to spin the wheel. Oh God, there it goes. <laughs> What's the film we're going to be watching? Oh my God! We are going to be watching a film called The Joneses. What the fuck is The Joneses? <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> All right. A big shout out to Donato Di Gian Gregorio. He has chosen The Joneses. Thanks, now, man. Thank you very much for that. So that is going to be our the Joneses. choice. Yeah, we got no idea. This I've be good. never seen it. I've never heard of it. Let's do it. But we're going to do it. We've got no choice in that. Yeah, all right. Yep. So if you did miss out on choosing a film, don't forget you can always choose a film by sending us a private message on Facebook anytime and we'll add that to the collection of all the choices. Yeah, this wheel of doom. Our wheel of doom, which is a little bit scary. But yeah, our very first audience choice. How about that, eh? Thanks, y'all. Thank you very much for that. And another really enjoyable one. And we will look forward to joining you. We'll have you join us next week for The Joneses. Thanks very much.